0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore Designs, high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. It's perimeter rated Avon 55, Elixir, and now Vero X1 golf balls have won numerous awards and demonstrate superior distance and control and in independent testing time and time again. Well, you know what time it is. It's Friday, and we are back with another happy hour express edition of the Stripe Show podcast featuring me, your host, Samantha Marks. Today's Something pretty exciting coming your way, which I'll get to in just a few minutes. But first, um, let's talk golf this week and catch you up with what's been going on. So, as we know, it's FedEx Cup playoff time. It's the first of three playoff events uh, this week the Northern Trust at Liberty National, up just outside of New York City. Um, Beautiful views. If you haven't been watching it on TV yet, you can like see the Statue of Liberty and, and see the New York City skyline in the background. So, it's been super awesome to watch. New York is one of my favorite places to go. Um, I think technically Nor- Liberty Nationals in Jersey, um, but still a pretty awesome golf course to watch on TV. As we know, the top 70 in the FedEx Cup rankings after this week advanced to the BMW Championship. That's not the top 70 in, um, in the field. That's the top 70 in the FedEx Cup rankings. And then after that, from the BMW, the top 30 in the rankings advanced to Eastlake for the tour championship. Um, if you don't know how the tour championship works now, I would go into it, but I try to keep this podcast short and just Google it. It's pretty weird, but if you're a golf nerd, I think that you'll be able to figure it out. Um, so we've got a couple of exciting weeks to come and then, you know, obviously we have the Ryder cup coming up right after that. So it's going to be an awesome few weeks uh, for the PGA Tour and for golf. So it's a great time to uh, to be the couch potato like I plan on being for the next few weekends. Well, on the Ryder Cup note, Travis fired up the tweeter Thursday and Friday and got golf Twitter all mad at him very much a me move. So proud of you learning from the best. Just kidding. Um, but Kevin Kisner won last week, as we know, and he created all this buzz around the Ryder cup. And he right now, as I'm recording this, he's in last and people are coming for Travis after tweeting this Kisner plus five today. This was yesterday, Thursday. Are we still feeling the same about him on the Ryder cup? Now, mind you, this, the people in his replies is the barstool, Kevin Kisner obsessed, kind of cult following that's mad at Travis. So take that for what it's worth. But you guys, are you guys really arguing? Are you guys really arguing in Travis's replies, really trying to say that Kevin Kisner belongs on the Ryder Cup team because he won one event? Like, that's what I think we're arguing about here. The dude's won four times on tour in 10 years since joining the tour in 2011. This one win is a quarter of his wins, okay? He's only finished in the top 10 four times this season, and one was last week. You could say better about a lot of other guys on the PGA Tour, but for some reason, we're fixated on Kevin Kisner. Don't put words in my mouth saying that I'm saying it's easy to win. I understand it's not. It's very hard to win on the PGA Tour, but, like, let's – Y'all find one thing that one guy with a lot of followers says one time and latch onto it. Like it's law. Like let's detach ourselves, think for ourselves for a moment, step back, take a look at the big picture and realize that this was just one event. Okay. We need to all Kisner. I'm sure. Great person. I'm sure. Great guy. Uh, from what I've seen, he's a great podcast guest. Like he's been on the Barstool podcast. Um, but let's like you could be a fan of him and understand that maybe there are people more qualified for, for that spot. Um, this has nothing against Kevin Kisner. I'm, I love watching him. I love watching him on tour. I love watching the guys who aren't complete bombers like Bryson and DJs out there uh, dominate on the PGA Tour and win. But this is a moment where we kind of need to step back and reevaluate uh, what we're really saying here. So this leaves me with this question. If you were the Ryder Cup captain, again, you aren't, so all the people in Travis's replies can relax, um, who would your captain's picks be? Because I think it's going to be an interesting, um, an interesting few weeks here that's going to prove a lot. Um to Steve Stricker. And it'll be interesting. I know that Travis is planning on, uh, talking about this a lot for the next two weeks. The next two Thursdays are going to be Ryder cup specials, talking all about what to expect, uh, for the Ryder cup. But I think it's, um, it's time for some young guys to come in and be picked, um, and kind of change the, the narrative of, you know, the Phil Mickelson's and, and the, and the older guys who, Who've done it and clearly haven't been as successful as we wanted to be. So that's my question for you. I would honestly love to hear these responses. So tweet me. I would love to hear who your picks would be as the Ryder Cup captain and let's hop off the kisner train
1: let's take a second to talk about the folks over at encore golf encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value performance and customer service their team in buffalo new york is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter weighted balls made with the high density particles and proprietary nano transitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy to the stripe show podcast
0: so now on to the new new starting today right after i'm done talking here i'm going to be taking the next several weeks like 20 weeks, and introducing you to the Corn Ferry Tour graduates of this season, the top 25, the dudes headed to the PGA Tour this year. So we talk about the PGA Tour a lot, but we also want to get to know the guys that we'll be watching on our TVs for the next year on the big leagues. Um, We're going to get to know their golf games, some fun facts about them, and you know I'll focus on stuff that's off the golf course. So kicking off this series with me today is Curtis Thompson. Curtis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you earned your PGA Tour card on Sunday after a solid finish at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. But let's back up a bit. Your first Corn Ferry Tour win was last year at the 2020 Evans Scholar Invitational. Describe the feeling of winning that first event. Had to feel good, right?
2: Yeah, I've I've been in position a few times uh, in my career, maybe, you know, three to seven times or so. And uh, it was finally, it was nice for it to all come together uh, there in Chicago.
0: Chicago is a great city. We, we go there all the time. So I love that you won in Chicago, but you also had a solo second and T3 this season and a top 10 finish this week, secure that card when going into that week last week, what's your mindset? Like knowing that you kind of have to make a push. Uh,
2: I really like, I really like the pinnacle bank event. Uh, I've always made the cut there and always put together some sort of a decent tournament. So I was happy that the uh, last event there was on a course that I liked, you know, it's it's nice to have somewhere where you're comfortable to be able to make a push like that. So I was very happy that it was there in Omaha.
0: And you see your name on that top 25 list at the end of Sunday's round. Tell them, tell us what goes through your mind. What's, what's that like?
2: Um, I think everybody kind of had the, probably the same reaction. It's just the year was finally over, you know, 43 events later. And, you know, you're inside that 25 number. It was a really long year for everybody, you know, usually on the corn ferry, if you win and just kind of stay the course, make cuts and stuff like that, you'll stay in the top 25, but that wasn't the case. There was plenty of people that won that didn't keep their cards. And, uh, you know, that with all the COVID and everything, it was just, uh, everybody was just, it was like just a big sigh of relief for everybody just to be done with the year.
0: Well, it's an exciting time for sure. And as we know, your sisters on the LPGA tour, Lexi, how proud was she of you? What was that phone call? Like,
2: Uh, She's over uh, at the British, so I didn't get a phone call. I got a text message. But, you know, obviously the whole family is obviously very excited. And, uh, you know, it's been a long run here since 2018 for me. So uh, everybody's very happy.
0: And you're in Idaho this week, right? Yes. And is there, like you said, kind of a sense of relief going into the last three events, knowing you've secured that card?
2: Yeah, now you just kind of have a different – you have a different goal in mind. You know, everybody – Who doesn't who isn't number one, which obviously after these three weeks will be 48 guys um, just have conditional status, basically. So now we're just kind of shooting for the moon here and uh, basically trying to win the finals, but kind of freewheeling at the same time.
0: Yeah, for sure. You're the first player, though, to win the Clone Ferry Tour's final stage and then earn their PGA Tour card the following season, in case you didn't know that little stat about yourself. I have heard that. How does, <laughs> how does goal setting work for you and your team? Like, how are you going to look at your game coming up in the PGA Tour season and make sure that you're making the progress you want to make?
2: Uh, yeah, well, everybody's kind of told me that's been on the PGA Tour that my game is a little more suited for being out there, uh, a little more of a ball striker, not so much of a short game uh wizard so i'm really excited to get out there obviously make a uh you know make a good assessment of what's going on with my game now and where it needs to get better you know i believe driving accuracy needs to get better as my stats will show and um you know a little bit of short game here and there and i think i think we've kind of got it all all dialed in and ready for napa but yeah definitely gonna have to make an end of the year assessment before i head off to napa
0: yeah. Well, Hey, Curtis, you're up first because we have some heart. We got the hard stuff out of the way, but I want to get to know these future PGA tour players and ask everyone kind of a, sa- a few same questions. So rapid fire, don't think too much about them. Um, golf and non-golf related. So answer as quick as you can. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Three words to best describe you. Ready to go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Do you have any passions that aren't golf related?
2: cars okay
0: who or what motivates you
2: uh my family
0: if you weren't a golfer what would you be doing
2: um wow uh that would not be teaching golf I have no idea uh I don't know maybe something in accounting
0: okay best advice you were ever given
2: uh never give up
0: and your most memorable golf shot to this day
2: oh boy um i mean to this day i would have to say it was the first putt that i hit there in chicago it was one of the hardest putts on the golf course
0: and that's one that you keep going back to huh
2: yeah it's just you know under under the circumstances it was like 50 feet long up over this hill and it was uh putted down to like three or four inches under that kind of pressure it was kind of cool to see
0: well travis as you know as an instructor so we like to talk a little bit instruction on this podcast what are you working on in your game right now and how do you see that changing or not changing in that little bit of off season you'll have
2: yeah i mean it really depends on uh course management is a huge thing for me you know uh if you look at my rounds there last week uh, made a lot of birdies and bogeys on saturday and sunday and then kind of leveled it off at the end of sunday i kind of basically smacked myself in the head like really what are you doing like you need to like cool off so i you know i changed up the game plan you know if i if i can get the ball somewhere in the fairway and then somewhere into the fat of the green i'll i'll you'd normally play pretty decent golf but when i go out there i was trying to win in omaha obviously as everybody was i went out there i made a lot of good swings and i made a lot of very bad uh, bad errors uh, in those first seven holes so that's a big thing that i have to work on just making sure that my ball stays in play um but right now as far as my golf swing goes uh i tend to get a little under under the plane, uh, coming down with very little rotation. So I try to, you know, that's basically my only thought. I try to get that club inside going back and then over the, what feels like over the top coming down with a lot of rotation. So that's, uh, that's really what I, what, what it comes down to when I get nervous or when I get anxious, that's usually what fall, what I fall into.
0: It's an interesting point about course management, because I feel like that's what a lot of amateurs need to learn. I played in college. I didn't play professionally, but um, I feel like, you know, my parents play all the time and they want to get so mad. And I'm like, if you just hit the fairway in the green, right, that's something that everybody can learn from. Right. What would you say is maybe the best piece of advice that you've learned in the past couple of years on the Cornberry Tour um, that you could give to the average golfer, like your average weekend golfer?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, you have to be able to – you have to be able to, I mean, limit mistakes, obviously, right? Like, everybody has a strength. Everybody has weaknesses. There's no perfect golfer. I mean, it's just not a perfect game. So, I mean, I would say that that's – you have to find what your strength is. Mine would be my iron game. So, when when I start getting the ball out of play, I take my strength and give it back to the field. So, I have to put myself in the fairway that way, whether – if driver gives me a seven iron, but three wood or two iron gives me a five iron, really there's no difference in those two clubs for me. And I'll be able to, you know, if you, if I'm in the fairway versus the rough, that's going to be the difference. Um, you know, same with a wedge versus an eight iron. You know, if I, if I'm in the fairway, that's, that's going to be not tough to beat me, but I'm going to have a better event than if I were going around pounding it in the rough.
0: So play to your strengths. Basically, if you know, you can hit a three wood better than a driver, then do that and get yourself out of trouble.
2: Right. And some, you know, some amateurs are decent putters or something like that, but then they'll go and, you know, they will be decent putters, but they will be crappy chippers. So they'll hit the ball on the short side of the green, have to chip it. And then they're chipping the ball to 20, 30 feet. And then they're putting can't save them at that point. So be better off if they just put the ball onto the fat side of the green and take their strength in putting and, uh, you know, finish the job that way.
0: A lot of amateurs think they're way better than they are. I think we've, we've both seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody needs to lower their expectations, too. I talk about that a lot on here. But um, Curtis, I told I promise you we would keep it short. I wish you the best of luck this week. I love chatting with you and good luck the rest of the year and especially this coming up season on the PGA Tour. We'll be watching for you.
1: Thank you. And thanks for having me. Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case, today is your lucky day because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at Pinned Golf. Their brand new ACE range finder is amazing, and it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple weeks now, and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin-locked vibration technology, so you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge, so you can forget about those little batteries. Every other rangefinder makes you buy one 45-minute charge, lasts you 50 plus rounds. I love it. Our friends over at pin golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping. When you use code stripe show, that's code stripe show. I'm telling you for $175, you simply cannot beat the ACE range finder. Head out over to pingolf.com and get yourself the ACE and get dialed in.